Everybody. Want to help support the show? Well, head on over to patreon.com slash longtimeagoradio. Even a dollar a month helps us keep the show going and gets you access to a bunch of exclusive content. Thanks. On with the show. Hey, everybody. Josh here. Just real quick, just in case everyone's not clear, we put all of the Resistance Season 1 spoilers at the end of the show. We usually do the topic first this week. We decided to do it at the end so that people that want to come and listen to the news don't have to skip around the show and possibly hit some spoilers. So if you haven't watched the show, you are safe. We will warn you when we are about to go into the topic of the show, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. And if you have seen Resistance Season 1, you know, you can stick around the entirety of the show and you'll be all good and everything will be fine. Anyways, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and Becky's back! Woo-hoo! She's back! Hey-o. The show can go on. Hi, guys. Uh, of course, I'm joined by my two favorite fans of the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay, I need to hear about France. France. What did you do? France was amazing. So, yeah, quick shout out to all our listeners who struggle with, like, depression and mental health, because that's really why I went to France. Um, I was just feeling really blah at work, and my boss actually recommended to me woofing, which I had never heard of before, but is apparently very popular. Um, yeah, you just you have to get yourself to a farm anywhere in the world. They have farms, organic farms, all over the globe. And then you work five hours a day, five days a week at someone's farm. And then they pay for your room and board and your food. So you kind of just end up working. And yeah, I was in a tiny little village outside of the city of Carcassonne in France, in the south of France. And it was like really warm. There were a couple days it was 70 degrees in February, uh, which was unseasonably warm. But... Yeah, it was awesome. I it was a chestnut farm. Um, I learned how to drive a backhoe, <laughs> I, uh, which was I was amazing at. It's just like a video game with like dual strike controls. <laughs> oh, it was great. Um, and I dug 105 holes and helped plant 105 chestnut trees. Ooh. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Sounds cool. Yeah, it was great to be off Sounds the like grid. Sounds like you had a good time. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to assume you didn't get to do much Star Wars stuff other than you know when you got back. I didn't do a ton, no. Um, it was funny because I was staying with people who were, you know, they were French. And it's always funny to see what kind of cultural things bleed through um, when you're somewhere else. Obviously, Star Wars is a global phenomenon. Um, but, you know, I was looking through the DVDs of my host, Farmer Guy, and he had all the movies that he had ripped from back in the day on DVD, <laughs> like <laughs> right, like like you do, <laughs> like you do. And then at one point he made a comparison. He's like, "Oh, he looks like that evil." This is in French, of course. Oh, that guy reminds me of the evil, like you know, dark side guy. And I'm like, "Who? Darth Sidious? Darth Vader? Darth Maul? Who?" <laughs> he was like, "Whoa." <laughs> He's like, "No, Darth Plagueis." <laughs> Ooh. 
like deep cut. <laughs> the wise. Have you ever heard of Darth Plagueis <laughs> the wise? Um, but yeah, no, not a lot of Star Wars stuff for me. Um, what have you guys been up to while I've been away? Ooh. Uh, Alex, you want to go first? Yeah, I, ha- I know you've been trooping and stuff, so... I've uh, just been getting some things ready for Star Wars Celebration for you guys to take over there, um, some goodies, and yeah. not not too much the else. The box is growing. There's a lot of stuff in this box. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of, of... They're not super big goodies, but there's some pretty cool things in there. Um, there are cool things. I did, uh, I did take buttons for myself, and I will set aside buttons... For you, you, Becky. You're stealing things from our keep. from our prize box. Well, he, he's not stealing. He's gonna show them off. You know, you gotta uh, wear your flair. You gotta... Well, I mean, I want to keep one too. <laughs> like, there's like a hundred of them. We can, I can keep Fair one. Enough. Yeah, come on. I'm, I might yeah. grab some of them from you too to pass out at WonderCon since uh, WonderCon's coming okay. up. So I might, we, because we, we'll talk a little bit later about what we have. Um, but I'll, I'm gonna get some from you. We soon. have plenty. We have a plethora so, of items. Yeah, a, pl- a plethora. And uh, shout out to uh, Amy from 365 Star Wars Women. She is she made a bunch of her own custom trading cards that highlight female characters in Star Wars, and she's sending me ten of them. That's amazing. Thank to you. Give away during our scavenger hunt. So that'll be cool. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, she just messaged me out of the blue. She's like, I got trading cards. Like, what's your address? <laughs> I got swag. I was like, what is this for? Like, what is, what is happening? She's like, celebration. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Let's get it. Let's do this. Let's do it. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. Uh, cool. Um, oh, you know what? You know what we have been doing? I forgot to mention. <laughs> I was just going to bring this up. Yeah. Oh, so, so Josh decided to buy Star Wars X-Wing, the miniature well, game. Actually, I I got it for Christmas like two years ago yes. and had never played it, and it had been sitting in my closet. It has it, and it's funny because on the box it has this little ribbon thing that says like, "From the Force Awakens, the brand new film that everyone's gonna love." So I've had it for a while. So what is it? <clears throat> All right, so. Uh, the X-Wing miniature game, for those of you that have never heard of it, it's basically a dogfighting uh, board game. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very freeform, where you have like these custom rulers, and you have dials and stuff, and you don't take turns moving. Everyone moves the ships at the same time, so you end up like flying around each other cool. and stuff. And it's very like loose, like loosey-goosey freeform, and it comes with all these different cards, and and stuff and at first we were we were like starting off really slow but i think alex and i i think we've been bitten by the bug yeah this game is it's, just super good if, if you want to imagine what it looks like it's like watching stop motion animation in real time like that's what our battles are it's it's kind of weird to watch yeah. but it's a lot of fun and once you get once you get really good at it and you get into a flow like you stop like your turns stop taking like five minutes because you're all like well this does this and this does this you start like turning the dials and putting them down flipping them over and then your ships are just like moving and then you're like all right i gotta i'm gonna shoot at you you know and you just it it becomes like really fast and kinetic it's really really fun um the one downside is that the ships are kind of expensive um like i bought one x-wing and it was twenty dollars oh goodness gracious here's here's the thing though uh I was very much... Uh, the reason I bought one X-Wing was because the starter pack comes with two TIE Fighters and one X-Wing. Okay. And the idea being that the TIE Fighters are less strong, 
than the X-Wing, so it like balances itself out. But I was like, F that. I want to play two X-Wings versus two TIE Fighters. So I bought another X-Wing. I was like, I'm going to bite the bullet on the 20 bucks and just see what this comes with. So it comes with the not only the Mini. It comes with like its own like extra damage and shield tokens. It comes with like a deck of cards because every card is like a different pilot or a different ship that has different stats. So you can change them out. So you can be like, well, this game, I'm going to play this Jessica lady, which I think I was playing as last time. And then the next game, you could be like, well, I want to be Poe Dameron, you know? Whoa. And then he's like way stronger, you know? So you flip the bases and do all these things. Really cool. And I was like, wow, I actually got a lot for the money. And Alex, you keep talking because I got to shut my door really quick. Yes, it's it's a lot of fun. And, and the scary part was it's, it's not the cheapest game, but... um. We found a guy on Facebook who had how many mint inbox pieces? Basically, it was like $1,200 worth of game pieces for like $200. And we're like, oh, that's super tempting. That sounds then, a little my, sketchy. Are you talking well, about the Facebook post? Yeah, the Facebook <laughs> post. And, the, and I said it out loud in front of my wife and uh, Josh's girlfriend. And they both kind of gave us this look like, where's this money coming from? And I'm thinking, but we're saving like $1,000. So I didn't want to say yeah. it out loud. Yeah, saving, saving so much money. Are we saving? Well, that's like partially why, like I was saying before the show, I may have ordered a first order shuttle <laughs> Nice on Amazon. <laughs> but here's the reason. Normally, this shuttle, which is like big, it's a big ship, it's a big right? Um... It's bigger than the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters we have. Like, normally, it's $40. But for some reason on Amazon, it was $8. And I thought, why not, right? Mm-hmm. It's like 78% off. <laughs> I might as well pull the trigger. So it's going to come tomorrow. We're going to see how big it is. But I think it's like the size of four of the bases, uh, the the little stands for each of the ships like combined. And so, like it's and so like, how big are you talking? Like the size of your hand? Um, No. Well, maybe this one. I don't know. I it, They said it's like the wingspan is seven and a half inches. So That's the size of your hand. I guess, yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I have to. I've never measured my hands, so I, I, I don't really know. Uh, Either way, it's bigger but the, than what like, we have so you far. can get big. You can get big ships. Like they they sell the Tantive Four, and that one's pretty big. Um, and they sell like uh, re- like Rebel Blockade Runners and stuff, and they're pretty big. They don't sell a Star Destroyer though. Okay. So I I was doing research because I was like, man, I wonder if they make a Star Destroyer. That would be really cool. And then realized that they didn't and i was like well what's with the freaking you know why why make the tantive and all this stuff but no star destroyer and then i remembered the tantive is already big yeah like yeah and it's like to scale with the other ships so i was like if there was a star destroyer it would be like the whole table that's a good point so i was like okay i guess that's why and they have a different game for that it's called armada and that's like the little the X wings are little tiny X wings. They're like in squadrons, and then the you have like the the star destroyers. They're bigger and stuff. But we're we're gonna focus on one game for now, <laughs> one at a time. Yeah, because we only have four ships with a fifth coming in. So, uh, but yeah, we've been playing that like on our couple of game nights we've had, and it's been a blast. That's yeah, awesome. It's really you fun. It's been a lot of fun. It. You have to bring it to celebration. You know, I was thinking about it. What? what? 
What? So, why, why wouldn't you? You can't brag about this game. I don't know. I just, play. you know, I guess, yeah, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. I'll teach you. It's the, there, there are more complicated rules that we haven't learned yet, but the super basic rules you can learn in like five minutes. Yeah, I need the, it's like, we've been walking around really on the convention floor all day and now I've had three bourbons kind of set of rules. <laughs> okay. I will bring X-Wing to Celebration. Sweet. I wonder, hopefully Fantasy Flight is there again this time, but they're actually selling things because last time... <laughs> We went to Celebration, Fantasy Flight was there, and I wanted to buy the game. And they were like, oh, we're not selling anything. We're just here. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was very strange. Wow. Very exciting. Yeah. Real quick, the other Star Wars thing I did was yesterday, to stave off some anxiety, I watched Empire Strikes Back, and then today I just rewatched it again, but with the commentary. Nice. Who's on the commentary? (laughs) Uh, there's two tracks. Um, one of them I don't really, I don't remember who it is, but uh, the the other one is George, and then it's Kirshner, Carrie Fisher, and Kurtz, I want to say. Um, and it's mostly Kushner, yeah. like through most of it. Um, and hearing him talk about the movie is really interesting because like, I don't know. He has a very interesting style about how he like got around stuff. And he points out a bunch of things where like, he's like, oh yeah, this special effect looks expensive. He's like, it was literally like a bat on a, on a fishing pole. (laughs) It was like, it was super cheap. That's great. (laughs) But we just shot it in a way that made it look cool. You know, um, that, that stuff's cool. Maybe I was thinking about watching Jedi again. Cause I just kind of been rewatching him just cause do it. Don't have much to do right now. You know, job hunting is, not as time consuming as they make it look on TV, you know? <laughs> it takes maybe an hour out of your day every day, and then after that, you're like, well, well you end it's up 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now what? Uh, so. so, speaking of rewatching Star Wars films, my sister actually was just texting me. She's like, oh, uh, we just happened to be watching like episode one, and then we saw that two and three were on, so me and my my fiance just you know decided to um record them and now we're watching them like the rest of the week and i'm like that's so great yay i'm infecting you more um <laughs> is that on uh, tnt i think so <laughs> they're always on tnt but she was saying she was watching um she watched solo i watched it with her and she loved it but she randomly like messaged me oh after she listened to our solo episode we were talking oh, yeah. about how there was this small, but, you know, vocal, as they always are, um, backlash that was like, oh, well, this is, there are a lot of things like the Darth Maul um, reveal um, that, you know, if you weren't really paying attention to all these things throughout, then you might be a little lost, you might be a little confused. And she brought up the point that she never hears that kind of complaining for the Marvel Universe. Um and the Marvel Universe is absolutely impossible. Like, I'm four movies behind, and I'm super stressed out to even, like, see previews for anything. <laughs> and I thought that was a decent point. I don't really hear that much complaining about how, you know, oh, I can't watch, you know, Infinity War because I haven't seen... You no, know, everyone knows that, and they accept it, and you're either in or you're out. And the people from the outside right. don't really get to bitch <laughs> about what's going I on, think, on the inside. I think the main thing is that all of the marvel movies are just movies like there's not like a Mm. there's not like a tv show you have to watch and like a comic or whatever i was just having a conversation with kelly from team ahsoka today on twitter about this where she was saying that like she's starting to feel like 
canon is starting to get a little out of hand. Like, there's just so much of it that she hopes... She's, like, praying that, uh, you know, they don't start making you have to, like, read this book to know what's going on in the movie and stuff. Like, so far, it's been very much, like, this book is this book, and it's the story in it is what happens, right? But... She's like, I don't want to have to read like this trilogy of books to read this comic to watch well, this TV show so that I know what's that going Marvel on. Marvel is like that. I mean, when I was going back and trying to do everything to catch up, like there are one shots that I didn't even know existed. These short films that you should watch if you want to figure out, oh, the history of a certain item. You should watch Agents of Shield if you really want to get like a lot. See, of- I yeah. I completely ignore Agents of Shield altogether, and I feel like I have a pretty good grasp and of what's that's happening. That's kind of the idea is the that movies. you know. a thing is a thing and they're never going to produce any bit of it that can't be enjoyed from a healthy distance because that's just the essence of filmmaking you know it's going to be able to to please a random executive who has no idea they haven't watched 15 movies are you kidding (laughs) right and i think i have a friend oh go ahead alex i think one thing that you have to remember too is that with marvel they've retconned the same storylines over and over and over and changed things so much that i think marvel fans are used to seeing their worlds change so much yeah you know from one year to the, to the next all of a sudden wolverine's dead oh no he's not oh so and so's dead oh this has happened the infinity gauntlet pops back up and with star wars once they kind of did that clean slate again you, there's really no room for that or at least they really haven't allowed for room unless all of a sudden they start bringing yeah they've only ever done it once yeah they've only done it once and but even then like they didn't do that like they haven't done that with the films. No, right. no. You know what I mean? The films have always been canon and I would argue they probably always will right. be. Right. I think they but... will. And and I think that you won't see any time any major time jumps or anything like that too, because they did that with the Star Trek movies and that upset a lot of people. I mean, not to say that the Star Wars movies aren't already upsetting people, but I don't know if there's even a need to start creating alternate timelines or I was different very worlds confused. within the same world in star trek when we had like old spock and current spock i'm like wait who's spock i would i did not follow that at all <laughs> it made me actually kind of lament that i hadn't really um you know gotten into star trek because i did feel a little lost but i still enjoyed yeah. the movie because i like movies but you know that's me yeah i i man i we've had this conversation so many times i've really tried with star trek a couple times and i don't i just don't think it's for me yes no it's not for but anyone. i'm gonna do one i'm gonna try one more time because we're <laughs> we're gonna get cbs for twi- uh twilight yes, zone because twilight zone, yes! i am a huge twilight zone yes! fan so i'm super excited about the new one uh and when I have it, I'm going to try watching a couple episodes of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery because I feel like if any of the series are going to be a good, you know, onboarding for me, why not the prequel that's brand new, you know? So I'm like, I might as well try. Random you know? aside, I kind of want to start a horror movie slash TV show podcast because I'm just so freaking excited that jordan peele is in my life <clears throat> but let's uh that's a side note let's talk after the show <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we should get on to so okay so we're, we're gonna real quick because we're going to talk about star wars resistance as the i should have said this at the beginning of the show maybe i'll put a little bit of an audio thing at the beginning of the show for this one but because we're going to talk about Star Wars Resistance. We're going to get super spoilery. 
about the entire first season. We're going to do the topic of the show at the end of the show, which I think we also did with Rebels. Mm -hmm. So we're about to go into the news. So if you want to stick around and hear all the news and hear us talk about all that good stuff, stick around, and then we will go into the spoiler spoiler discussion of of Star Wars Resistance Season 1. We will avoid any discussion of it up until then. There we go. All right. Is everybody ready to get on to the news and all that? Let's do it. All that good stuff. All right. Once again, listeners, you're listening to Long Time Ago Radio, whether you're from the class of 77 or Solo. I always want to say Rogue One. Like, I feel like it just rolls off the tongue so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Or Solo was your first Star Wars film. Welcome. And now on with the show. I have good news for you, my lord. First piece of news. ILM X Labs Vader Immortal will be at Star Wars Celebration and will also have a panel. This comes from StarWars.com. You can get your first glimpse at Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR series. Uh, When Star Wars Celebration hits Chicago, core members of the creative team behind the project that was announced last year will gather for a panel on the main stage on Friday, April 12th at 1.30 p.m. Attendees will learn new key details about the first episode written by David S. Goyer, an award-winning executive producer and writer. Um, I have a friend at ILMX Lab, and I don't actually know if he's what he's working on, but uh, I'm excited about this. Yes. I it kind of makes me want to get an Oculus headset, although I've been told that you can get any headset, like any VR headset, and you can kind of you know conjigger your way into playing things that are like only on Oculus or whatever. But oh, uh, we'll see. Now we probably already talked about this guy. But this writer is like a writer. Like, he's written some shiz. Um, Dark City, which is probably, um, I don't know if people know that movie, but it's awesome. Really cool. Uh, I know of it. I've never seen it. It's great. He also wrote Batman Begins. And he wrote the campaigns for Cod Blops and Cod Blops 2. Um, Ooh, Cod Blops. Yeah. He also worked on the Dark Knight trilogy. Cool. 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 Yeah, I'm into that. I uh, I'm getting VR has been a thing for a while, but it 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 kind of hasn't had its you know moment, like where where I feel like I I'm like oh now it's got enough on it. But man, I just really want to play Beat Saber, and I also really want to play these. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I said this while I was in Atlanta, but they ha- I mean they have them everywhere now. But there was a really cool bar VR VR bar um in atlanta which was just perfect it was just awesome it was they had like 20 different tiny rooms that were all kind of open in this bar hangout area and you go and you can play and they have a bunch of <laughs> oh sorry they have a whole bunch of stuff and uh yeah i got to play beat saber and it's reasonably priced too it was like 30 bucks for all of us for the hour um like, that's not bad actually right for everybody it's not like poor person it's like karaoke right it's cheaper than karaoke you have to pay per person usually for karaoke um, Boo. I haven't been karaoke in a while. Anyway, yeah. I will play the crap out of some Vader VR. Cannot wait. Yeah. Should be cool. All right. Next news story. More celebration stuff. We're getting so close. Like, I I, I can't believe we're only like 20 days away. Something can't like wait. that. It's nuts. Star Wars Episode Nine panel, which, I mean, we are we obviously knew this was happening, but... 
we got a few more details about when it's happening. Um, so it's going to be streamed like it was last time Woo-hoo! from the celebration stage. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously going to show a trailer and announce the uh, title and all that stuff. I mean, why wouldn't they? It's so close, you know, at that point. Ugh. Um, here's the thing, though. They don't say when the panel is. I assume it, like... Well, the panel. I assume the, it, the the schedule hasn't been released yet, so you'll see it when it comes out. They're probably just waiting to get all that stuff finalized. I mean, they announced the they. I mean, the one they announced the Vader one we just talked about, and they talked about the Phantom Menace one is on Monday. This this one, you know, one reason could be they're trying to get all the celebrities to go, so they have to kind of figure out when and yeah. what day too. It might be that's, that's a true. really good point. It's probably people's schedules. That and the minute they announce it, people start camping. Oh, yeah. You so. you probably don't want to put that out until you have your official schedule because you know that once they put it out, if it changes, I've people will... I've been here will, for seven yeah, days. Yeah, or, or they'll <laughs> complain, being like, I've been here for seven days. I should, you know, you know how people are. Quick question. Yeah. So are we not, I mean, are, we're going to... I mean, I don't really feel like standing in line for like a day. <laughs> I'm not standing in line. For anything. So... Can I make a that. suggestion? Uh... What's up? I was going to say, if you don't want to stand in line to go sit in the main room, if you're okay sitting somewhere else and watching a live stream and you're at the convention, try to get a wristband for one of the uh, rooms that they broadcast it in. Uh, They're a lot easier to get into. You have somewhere to sit and you're guaranteed to watch it. Just don't do what we did for episode eight um, at Celebration 2017 where we tried to watch on the main stage and we couldn't hear any of it because the speaker oh my god i'm not doing that again don't don't do that we learned our lesson the hard way get a risk gonna watch it from the hotel or or again if you want to (laughs) be or the airbnb in the uh the broadcast room those wristbands you can usually get that same morning go sit down if they give out any freebies they'll give it out there too you know enjoy it if you don't want to spend the night but don't try to watch it in on the main floor wherever that stage is because last time we could not hear anything all we heard was and and the guy in the back saying turn it up so oh god don't meanwhile the people next to the speaker's ears were like bleeding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's ways to get uh, around it but i mean i'll be at home watching it live stream however i can so yeah i'll just like yeah. sit outside and watch it on my phone I, I don't need that i was even gonna say becky like like we we went before the convention opened that morning and we still had to wait like three hours and i'm kind of like of the opinion that you know we get there when we get there it's five days long it is but the panels for this like the main ones usually don't start until 11 o'clock so if you're doing that you're probably not going to get to the convention till past noon just keep that in mind too. Last I year, I mean, yeah, but I'm not like I've never fussed about panels. I haven't been fussed about getting into panels since the first time I went to Comic Con and waited in a three-hour line and didn't get into something. Yeah. I said, you know, this isn't the way I want to live my life anymore. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I mean, stopped caring. I, to, I used to yeah. go to a lot of um, film screenings. Um, my uh, my 
screenwriting professor wrote the movie Push or uh, Precious, based on the novel Push. Um, and so he got me into right. this uh, screenwriter's screening thing. And so I used to go to all these screenings with all these panels, tiny rooms with like 50 people and like every famous person, every director, every writer, every actor ever. And like they were okay. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. if I, you know, if, if I had to wait in line for that, I don't know about that. So I, I'm I'm more excited just to see the people, the costumes, the toys, the atmosphere, um, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, I'm too old too. I'm just like, ugh. Like I know they're gonna show, they're gonna stream the trailer. Like, and then even if I miss it, like if, even if the stream conks out and I miss the trailer, it's gonna be on YouTube within 30 seconds. Right. Like I'll I'll see it. It's gonna be okay. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't need those 30 seconds of bliss knowing that I, I've seen it and no one else has. Like, it'll it'll be okay. I'm so you old. Know? I love it. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. Swear. Well, it's like I'm going on a vacation. I want to I wanna enjoy my vacation. Just don't forget you're, you're paying, though, to go to a Star Wars convention, so don't waste too much time. Yeah, I'm going to go to the convention, you know, too. But I'm just Airbnb. not going to... Do the convention. Again, I'm not going to get fussed about, you know, trying to, like, push myself to do things when I could do, like... Like most of the panels get streamed anyway, and then they're on YouTube, and like mo- I rewatched like tons of Plus, those, and so it's just like well, not all the panels are streamed. ILM's panels are never restreamed. What they show there, you only see there. So well, certain that's I- one to look at. Yeah, definitely do that because when we went to go sure. to the Rogue One ILM panel, they showed us footage that they did for fun, and they did not stream that panel. They're like, you're never gonna see this again. Huh, so cool. that so make sure you do check those out because those are awesome. It's not yeah, every day I mean, you see a Death yes. Trooper's head get blown off and, like, blood squirt from the... It was I think awesome. most of the main stage oh, so cool. stuff gets streamed. Most of it does, but not all of it does. Again, you have and, to keep keep in mind that you're there, so go go have some fun. And um, it's also maybe, like, Disney World rules where, like, yeah, everyone's going to see the fireworks, so, like, nobody's on Splash Mountain, you know? Yeah. So, like, let's go do Splash Mountain while everybody's standing in line. To like not hear people speak on a panel. I mean, it's in Chicago, so there won't be any splash mouth. <laughs> that's what you call the bathrooms. Oh, Yo, yeah. that's really funny. I mean, we are that's really we good. are gonna we are gonna hunt down some Chicago hot dogs and deep dish pizza because I wanna I wanna know what all the fuss. Yeah, is about. don't eat the con food. Just go go get some legit no. food. Get some. Yeah, we're gonna go find legit food. food and do some other stuff. Moving on. Uh, what's up? Moving on. Okay, yeah. Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019 first look at exclusive merchandise. Oh. So, there's a couple things here. Uh, the one that caught my eye immediately was the the Rancor Tiki mug. Yeah. With nice. the wh- who's holding the Luke Skywalker Tiki mug. Hold on, it's not called a it's called a muglet. <laughs> a muglet. Yeah. Now, is it an actual mug that he's holding? Like can I put a little something something? Oh yeah, there? that looks like a teeny tiny like quarter shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh on top of that celebration chicago logo mug that has a little porg at the bottom of it and then the phantom menace 20th anniversary jacket which has darth maul on the back and then loth wolf plushes is sweet jacket is pretty cool and then uh, a white loth wolf and a gray loth wolf loth wolf so so prices haven't been posted at all um my guess is within the next yeah. few weeks you'll start seeing these and if you want to do anything from the star wars celebration store give yourself at least four hours because that's how long it'll take yeah the line and is don't huge, wait so. to the last day because i've done that and all i bought was a towel because that's all that was left 
Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a year since Rebels ended. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. March March fifth, twenty eighteen, marked the end of Star Wars Rebels, and Dave Filoni did a really cool sketch that he posted to Facebook. So he sketches these Instagram things when he posts these sketches. These are his hands. Yeah, those are his yep. drawings. Wow. He's so awesome. Um, yeah. Um, and so he did this really cool drawing of Ahsoka the White, <laughs> as I think he likes to call her, and. Uh, <laughs> Sabine, like wearing these really cool um, cloaks, trudging through some snow. And he wrote, Thank you all for sharing your memories of Star Wars Rebels. It was a wonderful show to make, and the entire crew is humbled by your outpouring of love and support with Rebels Remembered, which was the hashtag. I tried to think of something to sketch for all of you today, but I couldn't come up with something from the past, so I drew a possible future instead. It's always good to check in on old friends, don't you think? No, this is not a new show. Just a drawing I did today for you. The greatest fans there are. Thank no, you. No, this is a show. This has to be a show. Make this show. Please. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think at some point yes. we will cross their path of like course. on Resistance. That's all I'm going to say. On about Resistance, Resistance, really? Uh, I don't know. They, I don't want all the shows connected. That's a little much. <laughs> I don't mind the shows being connected. I think that's great. I, just I don't, but I don't two... think... You need Ahsoka as your, your, you know, your thread. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even mind Ahsoka being the thread. I would just feel like these two are going to go through some shiz that are, that is very totally different from wherever we're, we are now in resistance. And I want to figure, I want to, I want to go there. I want to see where they are on this mountain and what's going on with those. Maybe two. they get an animated feature uh, that's on Disney plus. I don't know. We'll I, I wouldn't mind a comic book. Comic book would be cool. There's too many comics. Sure. <laughs> no, but not like a, you know a, a long series. Do a, a short series. Or sure. You know. Or like a graphic we'll novel. A really I would. I would novel. love one, but yeah. I would love it if Dave Filoni drew it, which I know that's asking a lot. He doesn't have the he time for that. I know. I just. I just really he's like directing his, his episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> oh man! Oh, we get too much good stuff. He probably already did that. To be honest, I like. Uh, I mean, there was that report that they wrapped filming already. That, which makes no sense to me. Because how how do we not know everything? I just, it boggles my mind the way that things can film in secret like this. I mean, apparently we're going to learn a bunch of stuff about it at Celebration, and it's supposed to debut in October, so. They must either have a lot of loyal people, or they must have like a goon squad that follows people along when they sign their NDAs, and it's like super intimidating. Because it's just marvelous to me. How, how so few things get leaked. Anyway, continue. And, and that's definitely, like, a, if they do do a panel for The Mandalorian, who knows, they might screen, like, the first 15 minutes. <gasps> don't Again, even play. I'm just putting it out there. They've done that before. I don't think so. I think you might see, like, f- a well, minute to five okay. minutes. haven't seen a you, goddamn you thing. You never know. Because they did, what, they did that with, uh, what was it, Rebels? They released the first two whole episodes that you guys watched. How early... Almost six months before it aired for everybody else. That's legit. So think about that. I mean, animation takes a lot longer to do than live action, and you're only looking at about four months out. So you you could see a lot more than you think. We'll see. Episode 9 footage description. I'm not going to read the description because, like, it's nothing. (laughs) But if you really want to read it, you can go read it. Uh... I'll tell you the context in which 
we know about this. Uh, Disney had a shareholders call, which was on March 7th, and they had people in the room, you know, big, big shareholder people, uh, were in a room, and they got to see a bunch of footage from upcoming films like Aladdin and Lion King and all that stuff, and they showed the only episode 9 footage that's pretty much been seen outside of the halls of Lucasfilm. Um, it was only a minute. And yeah, it's obviously, honestly, they didn't show them like much of anything, but if you're very curious about what it was, there's a full description that you can read. I accidentally just read it and it didn't bother me and I hate spoilers, so. Yeah, it's nothing, it's really nothing. (laughs) Like. It's the kind of stuff that I read not even make the final film. (laughs) It sounds like. I've read a lot of, I've read a lot of quote unquote episode nine spoilers and the only one I thought, I mean, that's obviously like real because it's from a shareholder that that said it on Twitter. Uh, and then there's the other big one that I warned everyone about on this show. That's that's probably 100 percent real. Uh, but uh, you know, if you if if you, if you care enough, you know, we're gonna learn more in 20 days. We're gonna. We're gonna have Star Wars coming out of our ears you're, in twenty you're days. You're gonna see gonna something crazy. in twenty days, like yeah, at least a. Post How great thing. would it be like if they're just like we're just not gonna show you anything until you go see the movie? I mean, I'm sure people would hate that, but I think that I would, would be cool. Love it. it would save me a lot of work, like yeah, hazily looking at Twitter through squinted eyes. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like that's why I I muted most Star Wars keywords for like a week. Like up up till like around Last Jedi because I was like I don't want. Well, that's just good for your mental health any time of year. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes yeah. All right, this is our second to last news story. I thought this was our last news story, but it's not. Uh, Benny uh, rumor. This is a rumor. Rumor from Star Wars News Network. This is not officially announced. Benioff and Weiss's first Star Wars film will be set well before the Skywalkers and will begin filming this fall. Uh, And I'll read this again. This is a rumor. Believe what you will. All that stuff. A contact who has worked on every Disney Star Wars film has shared some interesting information. According to them, the next Star Wars film could possibly begin filming this fall, and it would be the first film in the series of films by Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Wise. I am trying to get I'll just continue on to like I'm going to I'm going to read the quotes of what they said and then we can discuss like what we think of this. Um it says our source told us they were quote approached about working on the next movie this autumn and it's not the Ryan Johnson trilogy it is the Game of Thrones guys first movie and it is set during the old republic as Disney wants to open up the Star Wars timeline and appeal to a more Game of Thrones styles audience. So the timeline is hundreds of years prior to the Skywalkers. So think almost Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Mm. Filming starts in the fall and art departments are in design phases now as the script is being finalized. That is all I know. But I love this line. I am 95% confident that this is accurate. <laughs> Which part? Like 90, so there's a 5% yeah. chance you're completely wrong? Or like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Also, hundreds of years prior, why does that make it Lord of the Rings? I, 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 uh, I think they meant like... I take issue. In terms of tone. 
Well, I would like, think we would say Star Wars meets Game of Thrones, wouldn't we? Well, remember, they're only 95% confident. So it could be <laughs> yeah. more like Star Trek, but it could also be hobbits with lasers. So because they're not to sure. Me, the, the tone of Lord of the Rings, I feel like, is so different from Star Wars or Game of Thrones. I think I they would... just mean like old world. Like but you're going to kind of get the Lord leathery the look. Lord of the Rings is like elves and shiz and like, I don't know. I, I hope it's not like I Lord mean, there is some Tolkien stuff in Star Wars. Sure. But, you uh, know, we've talked about this. The thing I well, like about Star Wars is that it's so it's like grounded um, and rooted in, in a sense of realism. Um, you know, I, I, sure. Everyday people yeah. doing this shiz, not some sort of, you know, magical elf king. I think I think that the, they're looking more at the design because if you look at the old um, old Republic comic books, like all those from right. the ones that go back as far as two thousand years, it does feel very Lord of the Rings with the flowing capes and there's a lot more leather armor. I think I think they're probably going more towards the visual versus the storytelling. What so what about like Knights of the Old Republic? How much do you think that would serve um, as source material, or is that just not even? Uh, I doubt they. There's a lot about um, Knights of the Republic in terms of plot that is more akin to a video game narrative than would work in a traditional movie narrative. Sure. So I don't think they would just straight up ad- adapt like Darth Revan. I mean, they might, but I kind of doubt it. Um, the only one that I think I could see them pulling... Yeah might be Darth Bane because they do show him in the Clone Wars in a completely different style. But if you even if you look at the costume that they have, the apparition in, it's very old world. It almost looks samurai versus the more, you know, Star Wars world that we see now. Sure. I'm hoping it's dark. I'm hoping it's like Game of Thrones style. Like, I mean, people killing people people die already yeah they I, I, I don't know i think <laughs> that they will make it like i don't know that there's like there's a lot to this that sounds like appealing to me and then there's a lot about this that i'm just like none of this seems like it's gonna happen <laughs> like this seems like this is someone's fever dream of what they wish would well, happen and it's, right and it's the era uh, we live in though and it's a rumor that yeah. they're not 100 percent confident on so all we know is that something's being made we don't know yeah. what's the, the production process because for them to start filming so soon and then barely be, you know, starting with concept design, that's usually much sooner than filming in a few months. Like, it takes yeah. time to develop your, your visuals to actually build and create and then to film. Uh, except they started filming Mandalorian like two seconds after we figured out that it was existing. So yeah, who but the they, hell knows? They had also started production on that long before they had told us. This is them saying, oh, we're just starting on production design now. and We're filming it. Again, we don't know. They're 95%. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I'm interested to see what they do. I love the old Republic stuff, and I want some i want some of it but like but i just am kind of like this just seems like this is what we all want and therefore it's the rumor you know what i mean like it's not like what I, i i guess what i what i'm saying is i would be excited but also disappointed if that's what this was 
Because I don't want them to give me necessarily what I want. It's okay. No. I want them. Oh, you're a to... fickle fan. Aren't don't you? worry. You're no. Gonna... I want them to give me things I don't know. You're gonna I get want. your Obi Wan trilogy movie. Don't worry. You're gonna get that. Don't even. Yeah. Don't even tease me like that. <laughs> uh, well, that that's apparently a. It's apparently a mini series, which I'm all well, for. Well, hey, that's they're I'm all they're for that only ninety five percent on that one too. So. <laughs> yeah, they're only ninety five percent sure. I wonder who's holding um, that last five percent for all these rumors. I know. He's like, there's a 5% chance that none of this is true. (laughs) Last news story, the Disney acquisition of 21st Century Fox is now finished, which means that they now own all of the remaining film rights for Star Wars. And they own, what else? There's there's like a whole list of stuff. Marvel is is whole. Yeah, so they own all of... All of Marvel except for the Hulk, because that's still Universal. And then Sony still has Spider-Man, technically. Uh, what else did they get? They got The Simpsons. They got Futurama. I got, they got Avatar. Fantastic Four. X-Men. X-Men. Yeah. yeah. Shape of Water. <laughs> the Favorite. The X-Files. Empire. It's all Disney now. And I've seen a lot of different breakdowns about why this is both good and horrible but it's both it's exciting to have you know my opinion on disney has always been the same which is they make great stuff you know people can argue about you know consolidation of huge corporations and i hear you i hear you but from a media consumer standpoint fox has not done great with some of these franchises no Um, and disney is slaying everything i see from them is so high quality so Please give the people who seem to know what they're doing the rights to do the things. I'm happy. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I am hoping that this means we get some sort of original cut Blu-ray pack that you know gets released or something. Also, it means that Disney Plus is just going to get better and better and better. Yeah, and I'm hoping we hear more about Disney Plus at Star Wars Celebration. So, um, Does that mean um, Simpsons is going to be on Disney Plus? Oh. I don't know. Uh, they already have a Simpsons streaming thing, don't they? Well, Fox did. But yeah. now that... Pretty sure they had one that was literally just the Simpsons. <laughs> that would make sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, because if you remember when Lucasfilms, or when George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to uh, Disney, it was right after that sale that they announced that new Star Wars movies were coming out. We were all excited. Now that this is all done... Do you think in the next few weeks we're going to be hearing about a new alien movie or a new, I don't know, Ooh. something something 20th Century mm. Fox is going to come out with? Man, they just are always trying to make alien movies. I mean, they, they tried with uh, those two Prometheus movies and it got real weird. I liked the first one. I didn't see the second one. Don't see the second one. It gets real weird. <laughs> it's funny because I've heard everyone say that the first one's bad, but the second one is better. No. And then, I, um, I don't know. I like the first one. Because um, it kind of left things a little open-ended, and then the second one turned things weird. I liked everything about the first one except for the old person thing. That was weird. But everything else I thought was great. The, like, weird eye stuff and the, I don't know, the, the, the horror elements of it were well done, I thought. Yeah, my, my um, biggest issue is, those, what are they called, the, the engineers? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the, the big, big guys. Yeah, what the way that they kind of brought them in in the second film, and it, I don't know, it just kind of bugged me. But that's not Star Wars. That's not. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about Star Wars Resistance. Do we want to do the creature first? 
Or do we want to do that last still? Hmm. This is a huge question. Hmm. Huge question. You know what? Yes. Let's do the creature first. Ujabuk. They want no wonder. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> okay. It seems like, is this another Ooh. Alex choice? Yes, but I think yeah. you guys Alex like this is usually the person who finds them. Uh, so this one is called the Falumpaset. Is that how you say it? I'm going to assume that's how you say it. The Falumpaset was a large mammal native to the planet Naboo. They roamed the plains, forests, and swamps of the planet in large herds, and their distinctive call could be heard for kilometers around. Uh, easily domesticated. Falupasets were popular mounts all over the galaxy. They were, however, known for their stubborn and uncooperative temper. <laughs> is this the thing that Anakin tries to ride? No, no. this is the thing that they, um, the Gungans put the big shields on, right? The shield generators? Oh, no, that's the Fompas. Um, these are the ones that, during the pod racing scene, are pulling the actual engines into the dock. Think of them um, like... If you click uh, on the cannon tab, it says, these domesticated were domesticated by the Gungans... And we're used to transport, oh, such as Fombas. Yeah, Fombas are the other. big ones. These guys are smaller. You could ride them. Think, these are like... But they're in Phantom they are, Menace. They're like space mules. They're, um, they're in the pod racing scene. Space they're bringing the, in the, the engines to the st starting track. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're also in Clone Wars, it looks like, a few episodes. Yeah, they do that, they do that like... <laughs> sound. <laughs> or do it again. <laughs> That's our new intro right there. All right. It's like a giant extinct rhinoceros, but without horns, said the designer guy. Interesting. And he has the sturdy yeah. legs of, uh, stocky, sturdy legs of a Clydesdale horse. Huh. There you go. Cool, cool. All right, now we should talk about Star Wars Resistance. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, if you haven't watched season one of Star Wars Resistance, get out. Get out now. <laughs> I hope you had fun with the show. Get out of here. But we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about all the things, all the stuff. I will say that, man, I was very skeptical about this show. The art style was not doing it for me. The first couple episodes were kind of slow, and then they picked up, and then they came back from mid-season, and there were two just filler episodes that were I'm just not that crazy about. And then, boy howdy, yeah. they really they really stuck the landing. Like the Let last, me tell you, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, to the last five episodes, maybe six. Yes. Just like took it to a whole new level. It was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, for me, like I kind of watched it all in like two sittings. Um, so I, I, the art style, I was over it. I, I didn't mind it by the second episode. For all the things that looked a little yeah. janky to me, there was also stuff that looked really great. Um, <clears throat> there's something distinctly Disney-esque about the character movements to me. Um, sometimes Kaz, um, his like facial movements and the way he stands, he looks like Aladdin or like, you know, a very Disney character, a little less uh, CGI Clone Wars-y um, in my mind. There's, I don't know, there's something very, I like the art style. I like it a lot at this point. It feels a little um, more bouncy. Sure. Yeah, bouncy. Yeah. Mickey Mousey, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the, uh, 
and I and I want to point this out too because I I've seen so many people going like oh the animation is like terrible and I'm like I but I think what they mean to they what they're talking about is the art style right. they don't like the art style the animation is excellent the animation in this show is like top notch excellent crazy good yeah uh and it, it only got better totally. because the season went on um. I do love the main cast of characters, even though most of them haven't really changed from the end, from the beginning of season one to the end. I say most because some have, but like, and obviously they have, they will have time to do that. But I feel like most of the season until like the last three episodes, the only character that really showed any growth was uh, Sonara. Uh, Which I loved that character. I, well, yeah, and then she went away for a little bit, but then came yeah. back. What were we gonna say, Alex? I was gonna say, don't forget Tam. Because well, I don't think she necessarily grew. I think she had the biggest change. Oh well, Tam. Oh, she yeah. changed. Huge. But, we'll get to that. Okay, but it, yeah, <laughs> I I was gonna bring up Tam, but she again is another example of like, she was always kind of just there. Well, she was kept in the always dark. Just given, so she really didn't. Yeah, she was like giving Kaz the business, you know, like all the time, and then. In the last three episodes, she's presented with this really, you know, uh, really impactful choice. Yeah. Well. And and they and I'm and I'm I applaud them for going with what was going to enhance the. Yeah, drama. let's get to that. I want to like work our way through the season a little bit. And, yeah, and not only because like and I, and I think it actually made sense totally. like for the character too. Like I I didn't feel like oh, she wouldn't have done that. Like, I felt like, oh, yeah, it it makes sense that she would go with the the first okay, order. Okay, yeah, fine, we'll just talk about it. Yeah, okay, so that end yeah. moment where she has to choose, um, like, it was such a great moment. I mean, the whole last couple episodes have been great. The the action, the, the you know, very cinematic and the way it was moving and, and all the different parts. But when she was there making that choice... Um, it was kind of a culmination of a thing that I think started in episode 15. At the, the very first scene of episode 15, kind of the beginning of this final arc, um, they're having a little bit of an argument of the whole kind of garage family around the dinner table. And <laughs> garage and family. they bring up the Empire. Like and, you know, you know um, I, I, I don't know the names really well. What's the like older like main mechanic guy's name? Oh, uh, uh, Jaeger, oh. Jarek. Jaeger. Yeah. Jaeger. So Jaeger was like, oh, I'm old enough to remember the Empire and how much they, they really blew. And, you know, she, he, she's like, you're not old. he's like, you're not old enough to remember that. And she's like, I know the Empire. Like, my grandfather or whatever had nothing, and they gave him a job, and he pulled himself out. Like, and there was, we have not had that much of morality arguments about the Empire in any of the Star Wars. Like, not since Barriss Offy, <laughs> my girl. Definitely not. <laughs> Had the goal like this so so early on in a series to have that kind of open conversation about the morality of the world i was like yeah okay and yeah. then you know every all of the scenes with tam following that all of the revelations she have the like the like super kind of the way that they feed her well and they present this like older like black female person to kind of like you know, it, it was so subversive and evil in Clone Wars, the way that they manipulated her into, um, you know, thinking, oh, maybe, I, maybe I'm doing, maybe these are the right guys, and, and these guys have been lying to me. But that final moment when she's deciding, 
it was like, I didn't know what she was going to pick. I honestly did not know what she was going to do. And you're right. It wasn't the safe choice, um, but it was the better choice for her to go with the first order. Um, yeah. So great. So good. I Yeah. I, I loved the like um, all of the, yeah. Cause they do set her up like that where she's like, Oh, the first order's not that bad. They're just protecting us from the pirates. Like they're not doing anything terrible. And then there's like all this, deception yeah but not only from like them like she doesn't feel deceived by them she felt deceived by the people she thought were her friends well i think she felt the most deceived from jarek because he was kind of like her adopted father and the fact that he has kept her in the dark this whole time like you were supposed to be the one you know mentoring me and instead all of a sudden you start working with kaz and now you're on the secret mission and now i see you holding a gun to the people who are supposed to be protecting us like that's a very you know, and she, it's and she, questions. The, yeah, and the and the safety concern. Like one of the first things you said is like you put Nico, is that his name? Yes. Nico and I in danger. And they did. Like without their knowledge, they entered them and obviously into the situation where they're running for their lives, they're being arrested, they're blacklisted without her, you know, consent. I mean that's that's worth being upset about. They really should have told her. <laughs> like they should have let her know. Um But uh yeah, no, I, I thought I think we're all in agreement that that her story at the end there was very captivating. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think overall, very early on, even though there were some stories that I was like, you know, that seemed very throwaway episode E or, or silly, I just thought the characters themselves, I don't know if it's the writing or the acting, but they are just so well formed and they don't seem like, you know, Disney characters. They seem like really fun star warsy characters like nico is that his name someone confirm that nico yeah absolutely love him like he's freaking hilarious yeah he's my Um, favorite character on this show he's so great he's so literal and he's always so happy and even when he's mad he's happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah no he he was so great um you know and I, i just all the different characters around the world like you know the two like ambiguously gay shop owners i love um <laughs> yeah they're pretty awesome one of them is the principal from community yeah and the other guy is freaking bobby moynihan from snl who um, will be at star yeah. wars celebration so if you want to go see him you will, will yeah i just I, and like even like um the the tavern owner lady like everyone just feels well first of all i love the diversity of voices um but everyone just felt really oh and like the different pilots um the main guy the like governor guy's daughter i love her um toradoza yeah uh what was toradoza oh tora yeah she's great i loved her um yeah i actually thought like she had one of the stronger episodes the one that was like focused around her and like how yeah She's kind of like locked up in the tower by her father and she has no friends. Like she just plays her video games, yeah, you know? That was a fun one. I was like, wow, this is actually like really interesting kind of stuff they're doing. But again, they don't like Tora doesn't really get any time in the sun either. And I and I guess I mean a, a lot of the, the the lot of the issues that I'm having I obviously know are going to get fixed in like uh, you know, further seasons, right? Yeah. But I'm just like, man, I want you to start like talking, like talking and doing things with these characters cuz a lot of the episodes in season 1 reminded me of things 
that were happening in like season one of Rebels and season one of Clone totally. Wars, where it's kind of just like this week we're doing this thing, and then within twenty minutes it's resolved, and it's like now we're gonna go back to the garage, and I'm kind of like, but you were just like three episodes ago, like we were just focusing on something like big and grand and like pushing this thing forward, and now we're not all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I gotta. You know, 20 episodes is a lot. Um, I'm actually surprised the order, sure. is, the order is that high for an animated series like this. Um, that seems like a lot, considering how fast it seemed they turned it out. Um, I imagine, you know, in order to fill 20 episodes, you can't do plot, 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 plot. Um, I think what's exciting for me is where we are now based on where we started. And that's what makes gives me hope moving forward is that, yeah, we're still going to have every so often the episodes where Niku finds a little weird thing and is weird and whatever, which I actually liked that episode because right. I like everything. Um, but they're not afraid to, in a larger sense, push the story forward. Now we're in a space barge. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, when it was flying in the air, I was like, hmm, when can I get my X-Wing mini? That's going to be one <laughs> tall mini. Colossus. That would be big, yeah. Um, and I think, I, I, think uh, I said this from the beginning. Like, The other thing is that the, the concepts are a little bit more adult, just right off the bat. You know, we have bar fights. We have, these are all adults. There's not really, I mean, the two kids, those are probably my least favorite characters. You know, there aren't a lot of kids running around. These are adults with jobs and dreams and hopes. And, you know, it's a little bit less of a, you know. Uh, there was one line, I think, that Kaz said to Terra Dosa or whatever. That's like, oh, there's not a lot of people our age here. And I'm like, how old are you supposed to be? Um, he's like 16. I think he's supposed to be <laughs> 18. Think. She's about 16. I was gonna say he's got to be at least eighteen because he went to like the naval academy and she yeah. was like. Let's find out. Well, they go when they're like sixteen. Yeah, they. I I think in Lost Stars they go to the, uh, Imperial Academy when they're like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, good point. Um, so I'm just gonna look at my notes and if that's cool, and just point out some things. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, one of the first things I wrote, because I went back and I watched the first episode, even though I'd watched it months back, is that all of these shows, um, Clone Wars, Rebels, and then this one, begins with this, like, and, and continues with this idea of trust and empowerment. And it's something that, that, like, the Resistance or the Rebels or the Jedi kind of are always about. Like, Poe is constantly saying, like, I believe in you. I trust you. I know you can do this. I got you. Got this. This and it's such an interesting message, um, and it happens at the beginning, like someone taking a chance on someone and empowering them to be the best version of themselves. Um, and I just really like that. I I have a definitive answer for how <gasps> old Kaz is. He's twenty. Wow. Okay. It says that he is born in fourteen ABUI. Wow. Uh, on Hosnian Prime, and then. Oh. Uh, and then it says that by 34 ABY, uh, he was serving as a T-85 X-Wing pilot in the New Republic Starfighter Corps. So that makes the our age comment stand out even more to me because they're not that young. But I guess that, that also reinforces the fact that everyone's kind of older. They're all like a bunch of, you know, out, off-world kind of, you know, Well, and there's, a, there's a division drunks. between the younglings who had never seen the Empire and the older people who have. So you have that whole thing about you know uh kaz you know oh the empire is bad this this, and that or the first order is bad 
but he is only learning from this second hand. And you yeah. have, like, Jaeger, who literally lived it. Yeah, and, and What's-Her-Face's dad was an Imperial officer. Yeah, and, and, really and interesting. Tor's dad has the, the, the suit in the closet the whole time, which still yeah. hasn't been answered how or why he left, which is really interesting to me. Right? That's a re- I, I, I agree. I think that division is something they're probably going to explore more. Because, yeah, yeah, this idea of, you know, you don't even remember what the world was like you know, before 9-11 or whatever, you know. Well, and it's interesting, um, especially for him, having been part of the Empire, the fact that he saves his suit, I mean, you know, it meant something to him, yet yeah, he doesn't want he the occupation it? of the First Order because of what they represent. And it's like, well, they kind of almost represent the same thing. It's an evolution of what the Empire was. So what happened and why are you keeping this memory, you know? I think in terms also of, of interesting kind of, issues that they didn't get into actually as much as I thought at the very beginning I thought it was going to be a lot more of like a class based kind of thing like the fact that they had the top eight fighters living in this you know special tower that was way better than everyone else's and like I wonder if that's going to become an issue maybe when they're in space um because that didn't really ever become a problem um but I found it a very bizarre addition like to have this kind of class system it it um, it did yeah. work out though when they had what was her name uh, agent tierney the uh the first order special security bureau lady when she came mm-hmm. in and they go up there and she's giving tam like actual real subtle name right but uh where she's can't can't say you know much else first like you know Savage yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but when she's showing tam like what her life could be eating the best food she's ever had yeah. only a few what hundred feet away from where she's been living this whole time it's it's kind of interesting to use that again like hey you may not be the top racer but you work for us and this is the life you'll live yeah 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 also Tora is 15 okay so they're not the same age which is not as not as young as i or not as old as i thought she was um yeah i like i like when she got all excited that they were sinking the station she's like this is gonna be so cool (laughs) i i like her a lot um, yeah, I, I it was always exciting when um, Poe would show up. Um, oh, what yeah. a, what a boon to have Oscar Isaac show up and do these performances. He was hilarious. His writing was great. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I thought he was so funny. I, I when he was talking about how much he hates monkeys that one episode. I was just gonna bring. That I hate up. monkeys. I hate monkeys. I hate them. so much. He's like I hate them so much. <laughs> I was like cackling. I thought Megan would get a oh, kick out of that. She also she hates loved monkeys. it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And though I need a BB-8, you, tell me if this has been covered in a novel or some sort of comic book. Is there a BB-8 Poe like pal around experience? Because they apparently have great love for each other, but I've never seen them together. Like he keep they keep being separated, and I'm like, well, where did their love come from? I'm, you know, I'm guessing that they were. I mean. I'm guessing that they were around, like, they, they, you know, they were buddies before this show. Yeah, because I, I think they but, might reference that a little bit in the Poe comic book. I unfortunately haven't mm. read it. Have you, Josh? Uh, yeah, but it's not really, like, it's kind of before, like, I think the first one is before The Force Awakens, but, like, right before. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't read any of the subsequent ones, but I think some of them are, like, right after force awakens and stuff i know one of them uh was literally moments after the last jedi had a moment that was like moments where it's finn poe and ray all sitting around the the table the uh 
in the Millennium oh, Falcon, cool. the, uh, the that is cool. chess table okay, or whatever. Okay, so speaking of moments from the movies in, in different things, uh, did you guys think that we would see the, the crossover wow. between the, the last, or the Force Awakens and this so close how, to the end? How good was that? Like, that gave me chills, yeah. honestly. Um, I, well, it, it's interesting because they have these marquee episodes every so often, right? Mm-hmm. You had, like, episode 10. You had Poe coming back. You had Leia. You had Phasma. You had a lot of action. It was like, okay, this is, you know, remember, this is Star Wars. This is still Star Wars. And, you know, by the time Poe comes back in episode 16 and he mentions, oh, I got to take BB-8 back. We have to go battle on Jakku. It's kind of like, oh, Yeah, okay. super exciting. <laughs> yeah he said that i was like there, there it is. is it's happening and I have to admit, the one character i was so happy to see was the moment that they show hux as a projection Oof. i was like oh and i think there was a tonal shift there because that whole episode there was a sense of adventure and like this is exciting this is fun and then all of a sudden you kind of get back to that super super serious speech that he gives and which, which terrifyingly it's, delivered it's a terrifying speech and i mean they didn't show as much anger in the cartoon because you know you don't want to have this evil looking dude there in an animated series. But the series. audio's the same. But the audio's the same. And you can tell through the inflection of his voice and how serious he is, how important of a moment it is. And you see it happening, you're like, oh my god, it's so cool. And you're yeah, seeing... And it actually gives like any emotional weight yeah. to the destruction of Hosnia Prime. Because like, in the theater, totally. uh, I didn't know what I was looking yep. at. Like, oh, really? I heard, like and and for like a good hour i was like did they really blow up coruscant Same. like that was well that was what was in my head and then and then i went home and immediately went to the like star wars subreddit <laughs> and was like did i like did they do what i think they did and like asked and then people were like no that was apparently this other planet and i'm like oh well, it's a planet i've never even heard so did of, you know like, until... that because i didn't I didn't know the name. You guys probably did, but I'm not as good as you guys with names and stuff like that. I didn't put together that cause was from the planet that they blew up in Force Awakens. Uh, I didn't until later when I had heard people talking about it. I'm sure they, they mentioned, mentioned it. They mentioned the fact that like his dad is a senator on Hosnian somewhere in one of the like middle season episodes. Yeah. And then again, they reference it right before, I think, that episode. Again, how he needs to get in contact with his dad or something. He needs to tell about the First Order. And then that's when you see this all happen and, and they make that connection. I, I guess I didn't know the name of the planet that they blew up in um, in Force Awakens. But yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I, I mean, obviously there was an emotional impact just kind of looking at like the, the awe of what the First Order could do when you're watching Force Awakens. But, you know, it had so much more emotional impact in this series, which is amazing that you can take a scene from a movie and add this the exact same audio and add another layer to it from it's like the from a certain point of view it's like these these actions mm-hmm. have these ripples around the universe and when everyone does they're like not nazi salute but almost nazi salute like oh that was just so well yeah. done yeah and it or it also kind of cements uh cause a little more as a character yep. because it like up until then you're not really 100 percent sure why he's like so passionate about being in the resistance like it's almost like he thinks it's uh, it's like a thing that's yeah. cool yeah. you know or like a rich uh kid rebellion like, thing. Only, yeah like oh it's the uh, it's like what the underground like of the of the resistance so it's like cool for me to be doing this and i'll get to fly x-wings and stuff and then it's like 
the 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 crippling realization that like nope this is real like this is real life not only that everyone you've ever known and loved is yeah. well that's dead. the thing like, I, and i think that's hopefully gonna be reflected in the next season it's like yeah there wasn't a lot at stake for him um now one of his best friends has chosen the first order right after he saw the first order destroy everybody he's ever known like there are stakes now there are definite stakes which um, i i'm wondering if uh if she knows if Tam knows what happens, uh, no, she was being fattened up. With, I'm saying, so with, she's with she's <laughs> she's all like happy. I wonder if she's gonna find out from the first order themselves, or if this is something she's gonna find out from Kaz and Jarek. Like who's who's gonna say it to to um, Lost Stars? Ring the Lost Stars bell. Um, just the <laughs> idea of what these kinds of big events look for look like to people. Um, on the other side and it's like do none of these guys do none of these stormtroopers have have family on that planet it's like nobody cares well, uh no because they're all they were all kidnapped yeah, they, as kids they've never had family there are numbers yeah um yeah i mean i think we're all in agreement that everything about the last kind of uh arc there was was so so great um uh, a lot of little things I loved. The little orange-headed guy who's trying to do his work yeah. on the station. Bucket. He's just trying to do his job, and uh, it's... Oh, the, the little bird man with the hard hat. Yeah, they take away his mop. Yeah, they get yeah. the... <laughs> yeah, okay. He looks like the, fr- you're talking... the fry guy from McDonald's. What's, yeah. what's his name? I feel uh-huh. for him. <laughs> I loved yeah. him. I thought I thought you were talking about my boy Bucket. Oh, Bucket's, Bucket's awesome. Bucket's cool, but a little yeah. underused. I feel. Yeah. Kind of like the. I, I I was upset when I thought they had murdered him, and then he was <laughs> fine. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> you know, it would be really um, cool though, just because Star Wars or uh, Galaxy's Edge is opening, that any of these characters could translate into a a walk around face character in um, Black Spire Outpost. Yeah especially yeah. by the fact that there's a shot where you have uh, Jarek Yeager's uh, family picture and the background is a Black Spire outpost. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like the fact that there's that connection. I remember connection. people pointing yeah. that out and I was like, man, I would never have even... I love this. I, ne- I never would have So how long that. do you think it's going to be until we see a bucket just rolling around? Oh my gosh. Love his design too. Oh yeah. Like shellless R2 design. That's great. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny how I wonder whose decision this was to say, okay, well, we want to have the show called Resistance, um, brand new characters, all this shiz. Okay, well, why do people care? Why will they watch? Let's throw BB-8 in it, but just for the beginning. <laughs> and then we'll replace him with a droid that looks a lot like BB-8, <laughs> and then no one will care. Yeah, the, the way that this show, him. it started off like going one way when they the the marketing was a lot of meet the aces and they really pushed you getting to know who right. all these people are and then you really only meet Tora and hype through the whole show the other ones you just you know rarely see the one guy with the yeah. dark ship I, just keeps getting hit oh yeah that's like that's griff yeah poor yeah. griff yeah i do want to know more about him because like the minute i saw i was like oh he's got this heavily modified tie fighter right. he has all these empire tattoos and stuff and then he has the awesome pilot helmet with the uh-huh. skull painted on it great if he i was, was like this trooper. guy is yeah i was like this guy is dope i want to know all about him it's like what's going on i never hear all right anything. alex but i'm sure we'll hear well, this is that that's something else i want tell me about the ships 
talk to me about the ships, the different ships that the people are racing in, anything cool that you saw, because obviously we have some modified looking stuff. Yeah, you have um, some modified what looks like an X-Wing, um, you have some sort of TIE fighter, which also kind of looks like a um, a Jedi starship, the Black Ace, which is the one that Griff By the does. way, the, the, the TIE fighter is called the Black yeah, Ace. It's, it's really cool looking. Um, the one that catches yeah. my eyes uh, is, uh, what's his name? Is a Hype Phazon ship because it's green and it. What's interesting is it has a Naboo Starfighter on the side of it, and uh, cool. he also has that on his jacket. So I'm curious what his connection to Naboo is because, you know, why would he wear that specific ship on not only his ship but his jacket? Um, interesting. But my favorite favorite design for the ships are the pirate ships because these are yeah, torn right apart, on. mashed up Imperial I, I... ships. I mean, when you see that giant like frigate come out of the sky with all the cables and it's you know it's being held together by just tiny welds it is so cool to see yeah i i the minute it came out of the fog and they're like not only is it a ship with pirates on it it's, it's a, a pirate, pirate ship, ship. Yeah. Pirate i was like this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've and ever i love seen. how all the pirates are wearing you know like bits and pieces of imperial armor and they're wearing parts of them as trophies like there's one of them that has a bunch of uh, imperial ranks just on his like lapels like oh, he's wow. collected all these like are these officers he's killed are these just pieces he's found it's it's that's I, great i love the design i love the type of aliens that they use it's a mix of old world aliens that we've seen from the original movies to like new stuff it's it's it feels so aged but new at the same time um they also pulled up what they said was an old clone warship when they were salvaging um the one that they pulled up out of the sea, they and like yeah, yeah, I remember that. What, I'm trying to remember which ship it was. Hold on, the name of it because him and uh, Niku like it's like oh I think it's this one. He's like no, this one wasn't used in the Clone Wars. And I'm like oh they're referencing Clone Wars, and then he's like oh you know your what's her face it's like you know your military history. And I'm like that's so cool. Like Star Wars of past is military history, which I find fascinating. Um, yeah. Great, great designs all around with that, which you would hope um, on this kind of outposty, garagey kind of hodgepodge environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I think it ended strong. Very strong. And I'm interested to see where they go second season because I feel like this show ended with a lot of things we usually have to wait, wait like a season or two and at least... Clone Wars and Rebels to see. Yeah. Well, we have a, a like, we're in a totally different position now. We're off this. We're no longer a yeah. barge in the middle of nowhere. We're a we're a rebel. We're a resistance ship flying around, um, with a bunch of unwilling resistance fighters. That I think is going to be the interesting thing. The dynamic on the ship now that a bunch of people who have no idea what the heck's going on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Are no- people who did not sign up for this. Right. Um, I just have a couple of random notes that I want to get out there. Um, Phasma is terrible at her job. Uh, yeah. She kind of is, actually, because, like, even in, uh, I mean, the only thing she's really good at is killing people. I mean, I don't, I I think it was whatever episode 10 was, um, and I just wrote that she's terrible at her job. I feel like every time we see her, she's failing. And I feel bad because I was excited to see her in this. I'm like, oh, we could finally see her being a badass. Yeah. She's apparently really good at covering up her failures because that's like what the entire book is about. Apparently, oh, okay. her uh, her novel is her like mur- murdering and and covering up 
her uh, failure well, at don't, Starkiller. Well, don't forget that deleted that. scene from episode eight, where she Which where she what? shoots her uh, own soldiers on sight. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. That sounds am- okay. So that's a character I can get behind, <laughs> like someone who, like you know, your classic empire leader who keeps screwing up. But- yeah, that's on the Blu-ray, right? Yeah, that's on. That's on. That wasn't just released on. No, no, that's on the yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, there was okay. a moment when the little girl was talking about how she has reoccurring dreams that something's coming with the, in that episode, the dumb episode about the little, um, uh, squid guy wanting its mom, but I like that one. I liked it too. I liked it too. <laughs> I, it, it just got horrible ratings when I was going through my, my TV app. It got like a 2.7 out of 10. I'm like, peep. It's just because like the, 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 the reason I didn't like that episode that much is because literally the episode before is like. We're dealing with all this first order stuff and things are going yeah. down. And then immediately it's like, let's cut all the momentum out of this show really quick yeah. and like do this. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, I, it's like, let's hit the brakes really quick. But I wonder, and then we'll I wonder if pick that up little again. girl is force sensitive, is what I thought. Uh, I don't Maybe. know what else, the, why else they would include this thing where, well, she keeps dreaming about it. And the brother's like, yeah. And when she has reoccurring dreams like this, they always come true. I'm like, oh, well, she's. Oh, they, yeah. She's, I miss. I must have missed that, but I mean, you're probably Which right. Which would make her infinitely more interesting, but they would need to change her hair because her little curly cue that comes out of his for- her forehead is driving me nuts. Um, uh, uh, just a random thing I found hilarious when um, uh, the what are their actual names? So I don't keep calling them the ambiguously gay. Uh, oh, shop owners. The shop owners. Uh... One is like Orca. Chicken Man and Pig Goblin. <laughs> Chicken Man and Pig Goblin. Um, they, when they had to leave the store. That was another silly episode. Um, I found, I found yeah. that one a little more uh, tedious than the previous one um, when Kaz is looking after the store. But they're like, so where are you going? And he's like, it's a long story with a tragic ending. We're visiting my mother. <laughs> I just thought that was a great one. So I looked up Resistance <laughs> Shop Owners Star Wars, and the first thing that pops up is Target. So Google didn't help me with that one at all. <laughs> Well, yeah, they have toys. Um, and I was surprised Sonara got a toy. And I was like, oh, that means she's going to be around. I was really Sonara. surprised when that came out because that whole pirate arc hadn't happened yet. I'm thinking, why would they give a pirate a figure? Like, it felt very I like weird. I still think her and Kaz need to have um, half... Kissy makeout time? Uh, I mean, more than that. I think they're going to have alien babies. Isn't he like... Um... Isn't didn't didn't he like hit on her oh, a little absolutely. bit? Wasn't that a thing that happened? I don't. I feel no, like that happened, but I can't there's, there's like remember an exact moment. There. No, and BB-8's teasing him the whole time about it, and then um, when they he's about to get her off and away, he goes, <laughs> uh, he goes, shh, no time for sensitive um, like garbage or something, and sh- she's like, no time for sensitive what? And he's like, what? No, nothing. <laughs> it was really funny. I liked. He has grown on me way quicker um, than, like, any other lead young character in the series. I don't know why. Um, Again, the voice acting. I think everyone's voice acting is really well done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, I also like how 4D, the kind of mayor man's robot, all of a sudden turned into a ninja robot. Yeah, that was awesome. He said, that was really cool. Um... I liked the First Order pirate kidnapping episode where I thought the mechanics, the story mechanics mm-hmm. of that were really well done. Um, you know, the First Order making itself look essential by setting itself up as the only one who could possibly win in a situation. 
uh yeah you know well well written i also really enjoyed that uh episode it was cool yep Yep. lots of good stuff i i better than i expected i'm in i'm totally in yeah i uh i'm hoping they don't do what they kind of did in rebels where they're like twilight of the apprentice right like the two coolest episodes in probably any star wars animated thing ever and then season three starts and they're like we're just not going to acknowledge it for like half the season (laughs) i was like oh my god like what is happening and then it finally like they finally get back to it next season like i i hope that when they get back they're not like oh no niku brought on a friggin exocorth (laughs) onto the ship and we're dealing with that it's like oh my god like where's tam what you know like uh what are we doing now that we're not just whatever we were doing before now i'm trying to think about it like what were they all doing there before like on the call that's the good question and i think that's what i hope for as well that instead of filler episodes i mean yes you have filler filler meaning anything but you know outside of cause and his friends their main arcs explore height vazon's backstory explore the backstory of you know the other racers or other people like tell personal stories not of side characters not stupid you know irrelevant stories of main characters that's what i would prefer but okay i figured it out oh i'm sorry no, to no, i was done but you no keep going oh okay it sounded like you were gonna keep i talking, could always keep so talking i'm sorry <laughs> the colossus was a mobile aircraft refueling station mm. yeah uh built on the outer rim territories during the imperial era okay well okay now we know what that is it was a gas station <laughs> Um, well, that's that's good to know. I wonder how it yeah. became this kind of rando racing kind of hangout place. Was what didn't they talk about that? They were saying like the racing is something that the people that work on the Colossus do because it's like the their entertainment. Yeah, it, it's because they're they're trapped out in this outer world it, rim. Just off, it's like on a the truck ocean, stop, so. and that's the entertainment that brings in the money aside from the gas. Right interesting yeah yeah i thought that that was that was the uh the idea i I will say um it's funny because yeah the way they advertised and even the way he was talking about this show feloni before it started like oh like i want to get onto this like old school pilot type thing like he was emphasizing the pilot aspect of it like you're saying so much and that didn't happen at all but the moment when everyone got into their ships um, to kind of take on the First Order, and they all kind of somehow coordinated flying up in this pretty little circle together. I, like, I got, like, yeah. a little surge of excitement. I'm like, yeah, here we go! Yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is a cool thing that's happening, and then the Star Destroyer showed up, and I was like, all right, this is getting really cool. <laughs> like, I'm getting into this, right? Like, what's going on? But then I was like, oh, man, when is, uh, when, like, when is the, the Resistance fleet gonna show up? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, they're all attacking Starkiller Base right Yeah, now. or... And I didn't remember that until after the episode, because I was kind of upset. I was like, man, where's Poe? Like, coming in to save the day, right? And then, it, and then when it was all said and done, I thought about it later. I was like, oh, yeah, they're all, they're all busy. Well, like they're not they're not yeah and i loved i mean that's such the it's such the theme of this like you know most recent trilogy this this third arc of star wars is that um you know we are the resistance you are the resistance i am the resistance and 
you know, Leia gave that speech and then, you know, cause, you know, he, he said, they're like, the resistance is not coming. He's like, we are the resistance. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that I love moment it. where Leia's like, yo, uh, cause it echoed the moment in rebels when, um, Ezra is getting mad at Mon Mothma and all them for not going yeah. to help, uh, his home planet. And Mon Mothma's like, all right, well, like, look at all these planets. Like, they all deserve just as much attention as yours does, but we can't. Yeah. We, like, literally can't, you know? But I, th- I think there's um, something empower. Like, like I said, this this idea of personal empowerment um, runs through these ser- series, and I think especially in this, this latter third that we're in now. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, overall, I, I I enjoyed it, and I look forward to more. And I and I think that, like the the setting and the story weren't really what was doing it for me. It was mainly like the characters. I was like, man, I, I like these characters so far that they're setting up. I can't wait to see where they go. Yeah. The my only I guess my only disappointment was that we like not enough of them got to like changed enough from point A to point B. Like obviously, cause changed by the end of that three episode you know those three episodes at the end like he he's definitely like starting to grow yeah. up and then you know sonara we see her change tam also a huge change but like a lot of the other characters like tora and like uh you know niku and all them like they're kind of the same people and i'm like waiting for them to start like they're you know i don't imagine niku changing gonna a bit change but much <laughs> I think he's going to be our constant. Nico's got to go through something, but <laughs> well, who are where are all these people's families? What's their backstory? Where does Nico come from? That's where um, we find out in season two. He mentioned at one point when um, Sonara was trying to appeal to him to help her, like you know, she brought up like a racial aspect to it. Um, you know, she was trying to basically lying to him because she was talking about being a pirate. But he interpreted it. He said, oh, you know, I remember my my family telling about during the days of the Empire, again, invoking the era of the Empire, like how, you know, our people weren't treated well. Um, I thought that was very interesting. But yes, Uh, everything's great. Yeah, for sure. Alex, do you like it? Eh. No, I I really enjoyed it. I've been been really enjoying the show. (laughs) Um, The two two questions that I have, because they, aside from leaving it open ended, the first one is, you had this really cool um, TIE fighter pilot, pilot called Major, uh, what's his name? I just lost it. He's the red guy. He's the guy in all red. Yeah. He's dead now. That's a question. Did he die? Or do you think we're going to see him back? Because sometimes we think people die, and then they're like, guess what? And they show up again. Uh, I'm pretty I f- sure Kaz, like blew him the F up. My only, the only reason I think he might survive is because he, he usually won't give a full name and backstory to a character that they kill off in the first season. That's my only reason. Also, it's a pretty awesome outfit. The second thing that I'm super excited to see is where they end up because they have Niku talking about how, oh, yeah, uh, I wasn't able to put in all the coordinates, so let's see where <laughs> we end up. Like, out of nowhere. they could, This this show can literally go anywhere. And I remember uh, my wife and I, we got to go see this uh, early over at Lucasfilm. And uh, Megan, my wife, turns around and looks at me and she's like, they're gonna go find uh, what's his face from from uh, oh, I just blinked right now. They're gonna go find Ezra. Ezra. Like they're just gonna <gasps> all of a sudden they're gonna crash into this space Play. whale and Ezra's gonna be there and you're gonna have like this shriveled up Thrawn corpse just floating in space and they're like, who are you? And they're like, 
we're with the I resistance uh... and we're like what's that and then ahsoka's gonna come out of nowhere do you want and it's gonna be really cool i don't know but it's um... do you want a real quick theories on where you think because i actually have a i have a theory about what the entire second season is gonna be I like i think we're gonna get like quantum leap the space station basically where like they have a broken like hyperdrive and and every episode they they are like we're we're going somewhere uh, and you know they they I push it and they're bouncing around the galaxy randomly until they I don't can know fix if that's it. what I want because I want to see more of this whole first order of resistance but from a different point of view and I think that's one reason that I like Sure liked but it. like the fir- like but what's interesting is like you know the first order is not just in these like pockets that, that when Last Jedi starts, they tell you, like, they have control of well, the galaxy. Well, they have control yeah, right? uh, up to a certain point because not all of the galaxy is there, you know, is within the grasp of the First Order. The First Order, a lot of it's still sure. hidden away. It's, it'll be, I'm just curious to see where they're going to go. Like, do you think I, they're really going to go somewhere we've I, been before? I just think it's a good, I just think it's a good way for them if they wanted to hop in and out of other storylines. Hop in and out of other storyline. Yeah, they could just be like, "Oh, the hyperdrive is gonna take forever to break," and at times it just randomly shoots us to places. And so, like, you get these yeah. episodes where, like, you know, maybe one episode they're doing a dogfight, but they know that the ship's gonna jump, and if it jumps before <gasps> they can finish, like, then they're left behind yeah. to die, I, right? Well, I think or, that'd you know, be fun. Um, that might be a little hard for giving more of this, you know, Tam storyline and everything else. Yeah. I yeah I under, I understand I, that, but I think like yeah. that. I would be interesting. It would. It would. But I'm excited. Even if it's only for a couple episodes. I'm excited to see if we do get some episodes that are like Tam's experience, having gone with the First Order from that point of view. Yeah, and who knows? Um, you might see her. You might not even see her this next season until the very end when she's like 100% with the First Order. That'd be cray cray. Which would be kind of cool. I also think we'll, we'll, we might get at some point during the second season a, a distress signal, a distress call from Poe Dameron on a crate being like hey we need help and then they can't help for some reason um that'd be interesting um if those two stories kind of intersect just briefly for that for while they oh you know a cool way they could do it they can kind of do it like with rogue one and um with rebels how they kind of had the same ships in the same place maybe you're gonna have the space station show up in episode nine in the background when they get their you know the help from the outer rim yeah yeah um that'd be cool that'd be cool yeah, I think there's a lot of places to go. Real quick, shout out of a note I just saw: uh, the space slug in the flight simulator game. Loved that. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's all. That's the last of my notes. <laughs> uh, I liked the confirmation that there are video games in, in Star Wars. They, they, they didn't look as exciting as I had hoped. Oh, they look totally really crappy, right? They look kind of like Atari game. Well, I mean, you live in a you live in a pretty war torn universe, like. They don't got time to make, you know, 4K 60. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're playing, whatever. like, Battlefront Earth or something. I don't know. Also, they're, like, they have to animate all this. Yeah. So <laughs> they're like, oh, put a pixelated ship up there. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, people will understand it's a video They'll game it. and, you yeah. know, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, like, why aren't they playing God of War? On, <laughs> that know, would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't make any sense, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap up the show and our discussion and all that stuff. Folks, if you'd like to email us directly, you can do so at longtimeagoradio at gmail.com. 
And if you'd like to follow me personally, you can do so on Twitter at the Jawa Josh. Where can the folks find you guys? I'm trying to stay off the social media a little bit, but I'm not. It's a good idea. I'm not doing that. So I'm on Twitter at Rebecca June Lane and Instagram at Rebecca June Lane. And we have we have uh, one of those things for our show too. The Twitter is at LTA underscore radio, and I'm pretty sure the Instagram's the same. It is. It It is. is. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Depper underscore Fett. I deleted my Twitter a long time ago because it was a garbage fire. Our Facebook is <laughs> facebook.com slash radio. Check it out. We're going to start posting pictures of stuff we're going to give away from, for a celebration. Uh, we'll also post how you can find us. Uh, we're, what, 20 days away as of this recording? 22, 22 We're days. getting close. Yeah. So we'll figure out a way for you to find us there. I mean, get ready. It's the biggest Star yeah. Wars party of the year. I'll- I posted some more pictures of, like, the stuff we're giving away, and I was like, this isn't even half of it, because it wasn't. Um, I will take some more comprehensive pictures. I'm also, uh, by the way, if you'd like to support the show financially and get access to a bunch of other extra content, you can go to patreon.com slash radio. Even a dollar a month helps us out a great deal and helps us buy a lot of the things that we're giving away. A lot of that came from Patreon. Actually, all of it came from Thank Patreon. Thank you, Patreon. <laughs> All the money we used came from so thanks, Patreon. thanks, guys. Um, yeah. So if you would like, we only made 20 of these. Uh, so we, I should clarify. There's two different kinds of buttons, one of which we got 100 of, right, Alex? And then the other one we got Yeah, so the 100 of. one is just our logo. Um, I'm going to hide some around uh, WonderCon uh, at the end of the month at, over in Anaheim, California. And the rest are going to go with Josh and Becky to hand out. And then we made a limited... Yes. 20 of our super cool branded star wars celebration chicago buttons so those are the cool ones yes so those buttons uh we are giving away at the show but we're i'm gonna post some info on the on the patreon page so everyone should see it there's going to be a first come first serve claim for those so if you are a patron of the show you can message us let us know, and we will either ship one out to you in an envelope, or if you're at Celebration, you can come meet us directly and get one. Otherwise, we are going to give them away. They're all going to be gone. But if you would like to get one of the exclusive ones and then another one of the logo ones, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll set them aside for you, yeah, our lovely we'll hook patrons. You up. Yeah, we'll hook you up. We have a lot of cool... Uh, like, random books that we got oh, at that toy I fair, and that. some toys, and... <laughs> A mountain of trading cards and and other things. So we're we're set. Um, and yeah, that's gonna be it. Uh, and that's it. Bye. See Bye, everybody. May the force be with Peace. you. We lost stars. <laughs>